BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In depth, the slow-burning insurance crisis unfolding in the shadows. Published in Caixin Global. Written by Wu Yujian and Zhang Ziyu. Read to you by Cliff Larson. Banks and local government debt usually grab the headlines when it comes to risks in China's financial systems. But insurance, a sector traditionally associated with caution and prudence, has quietly turned into a slow-burning crisis for regulators. A crackdown on risky activities among many private insurers linked to troubled financial conglomerates has failed to stem deepening problems in the sector, many of which erupted in 2017 after a string of scandals and the downfall of the head of the insurance regulator. The introduction of an updated regulatory framework for capital and risk management known as CROSS2, C-R-O-S-S-2, last year has compounded the difficulties as compliance has weakened the balance sheets of many insurers, forcing them to raise more capital to bolster their reserves at a time when profit growth is slowing and shareholders are strapped for cash. China's insurance industry, the world's second largest in terms of premium income, is beset with challenges. It's struggling to overcome the fallout from three years of strict COVID-19 controls that hit sales and profits. Weak stock and bond markets and low interest rates have hit investment returns, making it difficult for some insurers to pay out on high-yield policies sold when rates were higher. China's zero-COVID policy, which included stringent lockdowns across swaths of the country, hit sales as agents were unable to get out and about to sell policies. Weak economic growth post-pandemic has also affected sales, a problem exacerbated by a slump in the number of agents following an overhaul of the agent system to improve quality and reduce mis-selling. These factors have all weighed on insurers' profits and balance sheets, fueling concern that some won't be able to pay out on maturing policies. Low Returns In 2022, the combined profit of China's 86 life insurance companies slumped 57.3% to 57.2 billion yuan, 8.5 billion U.S. dollars, according to data compiled by the Insurance Association of China. Only 38 were profitable, down from 59 the previous year, and 71 companies turned in a worse performance than the previous year. 
the 10 biggest money-losing life insurers lost a combined 109.7 billion yuan. Last year, the insurance industry as a whole consisted of life and general insurance companies, reported a 4.6% increase in premium income to 4.7 trillion yuan, compared with a decline of 0.8% in 2021, growth of 6.1% in 2020, and 12.2% in 2019, according to data from the now-defunct China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission. The average investment return, excluding unrealized gains and losses, was 3.76% in 2022. In the first half of this year, life insurers were told that they will have to lower the assumed rates of returns on the new products to ease the pressure on their balance sheets. Regulators proposed a ceiling of 3.5% for traditional life insurance products, 2.5% for participating life insurance policies, and 2% for universal life insurance products. Companies with better investment capabilities may be allowed to offer higher rates. The limits are being imposed partly to prevent weaker insurers many of whom are desperate for cash and scrambling to keep their businesses afloat, from offering products with high yields to boost sales and revenue. This strategy not only has the potential to disrupt the market, but also to create more financial risk, because in a low interest rate environment, insurers will need to make higher yielding, more risky investments to earn enough to pay out on products. A new regulatory system implemented in 2016 called the China Risk-Oriented Solvency System, CROS, has exacerbated balance sheet problems. Insurers are evaluated every quarter for their financial strength and classified according to four ratings from A, which signifies low risk, to D, which indicates a serious risk. Insurance companies are required to meet two solvency ratios, a comprehensive solvency ratio of over 100% and a core solvency ratio of over 50%. If the ratios fall below these red lines, insurers may be subject to penalties, including limits on the types of products they can sell. Phase 2 of the system, known as CROS 2, that's China Risk Oriented Solvency System 2, went into effect in January of 2022 and led to a drop in many insurers' solvency ratios. That's because companies were required to hold more capital against assets classified as higher risk, such as property and local government financing vehicles debt. an S&P Global Ratings Analyst wrote in a June 20th report. Anxin Property and Casualty Insurance Company Limited is in the worst position of all insurers, according to publicly available data. Both its solvency ratios in the first quarter were below 1,000%, meaning it had insufficient capital to cover its payment obligations 
and was basically insolvent. The comprehensive and core solvency ratios of Chang'an Property and Casualty Insurance Company Limited stood at 30.5% and 15.2% respectively, well below the red lines set by regulators. China has roughly 200 licensed insurance companies, and the number of those rated as C or D jumped from 6 in the third quarter of 2020 to 27 in the first quarter of 2023, government data show. These companies either had failed to meet the minimum required solvency ratios or were classed as medium risk or high risk. According to Caixin's analysis, as of the first quarter, 14 had suspended disclosure of their solvency ratios, a gauge of capital adequacy that measures an insurer's ability to meet long-term obligations, including settling claims and paying out on policies such as life insurance. Some risky insurers were owned by or linked to bigger private conglomerates that collapsed as a result of corruption or debt-fueled expansion. They include Anbang Insurance Group Company Limited, whose founder, Wu Xiaohui, was sentenced to 18 years in prison in 2018 for fundraising fraud and embezzlement, and four insurers previously controlled by Tomorrow Holding Company Limited, the investment vehicle of shady billionaire financier Xiao Jianhua, who was jailed for 13 years in August 2022. Debt-ridden property developer China Evergrande Group, which revealed on July 17th that it lost a combined 582 billion yuan in 2021 and 2022, and has 2.4 trillion yuan of liabilities, holds 50% of Evergrande Life Assurance Company Limited, one of the insurers classed as high risk. The insurer has not disclosed its annual results since 2020, nor its solvency data since the third quarter of 2021. JK Life Insurance Corporation Limited, whose comprehensive solvency ratio in 2020 fell to 102%, is controlled by troubled aluminum giant China Zhongwang Holdings Limited, which drained billions of yuan from the insurer to fund its operations. Six insurers who have failed to meet the solvency requirements have been spared punishment because they were in the process of tackling risk or granted a grace period to rebuild their balance sheets. They include the four insurers formally controlled by Tomorrow Holdings, Hua Life Insurance Company Limited, Tian'an Property Insurance Company Limited of China, Tian'an Life Insurance Company Limited of China, and Yi'an Property and Casualty Insurance Company Limited. The two other companies are Hexie Health Insurance Company Limited, previously a subsidiary of Anbang Insurance and Dajia Insurance Company Limited the state-owned company created in 2019 to bail out Anbang and take over some of its good assets, including stakes in its life insurance, annuity insurance, and asset management subsidiaries, and some of the assets of its property and casualty insurance unit. Despite its financial problems, Dajia Insurance's premium income jumped 80% to 127.5 billion yuan in 2022. 
Rescue Strategy Doubts. For insurance companies with relatively weak solvency, not allowing them to continue selling products is tantamount to threatening their survival, an unnamed insurance executive told Taishin. The 14 insurance companies that do not disclose their solvency data are allowed to do so to let them make a living in the hope of buying them time to be revitalized. More sales can generate cash and relieve short-term liquidity problems, while omitting to report solvency data will allow insurance companies to hide their liquidity stress from customers who may otherwise be reluctant to buy their products. When regulators step in to rescue failed insurers whose solvency ratios have fallen below the regulatory minimum, or who are in financial trouble after their shareholders' embezzled funds, they usually restructure the companies by transferring their quality assets to a specifically and specially created institution with new shareholders, while leaving the rump of their toxic assets with the old, troubled insurer. Ray Life Insurance Company Limited, which was born out of the restructuring of Hua Life, is 60% owned by a special purpose vehicle, Jiuzhou Qihang, Beijing Equity Investment Fund LP, which was set up by 11 major insurance companies and a Shenzhen state-owned company. The remaining 40% is owned by China Insurance Security Fund Company Limited, CISF, a state-run company that operates a bailout and restructuring fund paid for by mandatory contributions from insurance companies. CISF also led the bailout of Anbang Insurance and injected 20 billion yuan into its successor, Dajia Insurance, to shore up its balance sheet. But finding new shareholders for Dajia Insurance has proved problematic. CISF holds a 98.23% stake. State-owned Shanghai Automotive Industry Corporation Group has 1.22%. And state-owned oil giant China Petrochemical Corporation holds 0.55%. CISF has tried several times to offload its stake. But in the latest effort in 2021, potential bidders, including consortia of privately owned companies, all pulled out and no attempt to sell has been made since. CISF has spent so much money on bailouts and recapitalizations that regulators in December raised the mandatory contribution ratios paid by insurance companies to beef up the bailout fund. Regulators also engineer takeovers by other financially strong companies. Electric car giant BYD Corporation Limited took over EAN Property and Casualty Insurance, an online insurer previously controlled by Tomorrow Holding, and pledged to inject 3 billion yuan into the company to strengthen its balance sheet and provide capital for its expansion into the new energy vehicle insurance business. In May, the insurer was renamed Shenzhen BYD Property and Casualty Insurance Company Limited. Bankruptcy Calls 
Some in the industry are now questioning whether bailouts of troubled insurers really do lead to a fundamental improvement in their operations. They're calling for regulators to set up a mechanism with standards and procedures that would allow insurers to exit the market through bankruptcy, liquidation, rather than restructuring or the introduction of new shareholders. There are regulations on bankruptcy liquidation of insurance companies, but they are scattered among various laws and rules. The latest draft revisions to the insurance law include changing the procedure for the takeover and insolvency of insurers. Caixin has learned from sources with knowledge of the matter. But allowing an insurance company to fail has its detractors, who point out that bankruptcies in the United States and Japan in the 1990s and during the global financial crisis in 2008 triggered a crisis of confidence in the industry among the public and lowered demand for insurance. In China, it would also threaten social stability and create more financial risk, they said. So far, no Chinese insurance company has gone bankrupt, and there is widely held belief among policyholders of an implicit guarantee that they will still be fully compensated even when an insurer fails. But some industry executives say a company needs to fail to serve as an example to shareholders, to serve as an example to management, and to serve as an example to customers. The bankruptcy liquidation of risky companies is not a new issue, and regulatory authorities and the CISF have been studying it, a senior industry executive familiar with CISF's operations told Caixin. The key is how to make investors and company management involved in illegal activities bear responsibility, while also protecting the legal interests of policyholders to the greatest extent possible. If a company is allowed to go bankrupt, it would serve as a good education for investors, a good education for management, and consumers, the executive said. You've been listening to In-Depth, the slow-burning insurance crisis unfolding in the shadows. Published in Caixin Global, written by Wu Yujian and Zhang Ziyu, Read to you by Cliff Larson.